1: Welcome to another episode of That's a Rap podcast, a Raptors podcast by fans for fans. This is Dre. We're missing um, one of our Jays, uh, which uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. And we we love you. We hope everything is going well. Um, uh, we do have right. one Jay with us. Uh, can you guess which one it is? Because I only mentioned one. It could be one or <laughs> of two. There's two of them. I wonder, so
0: see. One day, honestly, Dre, man. One day, I hope we can bring this pod to the road where we can have like uh, a guest, and we can have like a crowd and stuff. That'd be sick. I wonder oh, if people would call us J and J, J one and J two. I have no idea.
1: I don't know, and then I'd be the Cat in the Hat. Except I don't. I, I don't know <laughs> if i want to be that though. I'd rather be the Grinch. If I had to be like yeah. a a Seussian character, I'd rather be yeah. the Grinch. You know, he's got that. I, I would. T- whole body I'll beard. tell you this.
0: I'll tell you this right now, man. People would scream over you. I tell you that. Oh, I'm, I don't know I'm about betting. that. Oh no, I'm betting on it. I'm betting on they it. They might People scream to get me favorite. off
1: stage. Like, oh, screw this guy. <laughs> get him off. <laughs>
0: Tomatoes would be flying, man. No, okay. Anyways. um, Yes. Thank you. Uh, for joining us for That's Rep podcast. Uh, A podcast by fans, for fans. Yes, we're missing Jay. Yes, we definitely, definitely miss him. Um, He's definitely our statistics guy and everything and that much and more. But the show must go on. And we'll continue. And at at this moment, we're doing kind of like a bite-sized episode because we found a window. If we were going to scrap this episode for this week, but we're like, no, we have to talk about Raptors. So let's it's throw you know throw some storylines out there. Let's talk about some Raptors. Find a a window where we can speak about it. So Dre, let's go right into it, man. We're doing this for you, listeners. We definitely are. The Raptors right now are sitting at 11th uh, spot, one game behind the Bulls, who unfortunately is missing Zach Levine due to health and safety protocol. So hopefully you get back soon, Zach, uh, nice and healthy. But there is a chance still of the play-in tournament for the Toronto Raptors. We'll get into all of that, but I call this episode the bite size for couple of reasons one because we have to get this in quick because our window is closing but two because we've seen some bite-sized i guess examples of our young guns and uh you know Freddie number two and Kem Birch. I wanted to get your take, man. There's been a couple of games already that F- uh, Flynn had to play a lot of minutes because Kyle Lowry and Fred Eveline are still out. Uh, Fred, Fred number two, uh, which is Freddie Gillespie, has been playing major minutes, and of mm-hmm. course, our newly acquired big man, Kem
1: Birch. Can I get your take on these three new acquired Raptors? Sure. Um, I haven't seen too, too much of Gillespie myself, so I'm gonna not speak too much of that but from the little i've seen of flynn who is you know especially since these guys have been starting so like the thing i've noticed the most in both flynn and birch for flynn it's the starting position jitters and for birch it's just the getting minutes Mm. jitters because the i guess he just wasn't played like at all in like orlando i think he's from orlando Mm -hmm. right so yes yes, um he just wasn't getting played at all and you know i I can't say that because I've been watching him. I could say that because of his, his response where he f- said he felt like he was in a box over in Orlando and here he's like able to like do stuff. Clearly, he feels like this is his time to shine. I remember his first game though. He had like three attempts and like two foul shots. Yeah. And it was like his fifth shot of any kind at the line, in the paint, anywhere. That was his first bucket. So he was clearly like way off to begin with. But I could I could just tell you this, though. With these new acquisitions, first off, things are looking a little bit more promising now that everyone's getting into the flow of things. So mm-hmm. with Flynn, he's on an acquisition. He's starting. That's the key difference. He's been starting some games. He's also been a little bit off. But when he's on, he's like so confident. And like hitting yeah. from so far out, he's like driving into the paint. He's actually doing really well. So of course there's gonna be a little bit of wonkiness because, you know, this is a big move for them. So I yeah, let's start. You know what? Let's start with Flint. Let's start with Flint right there. Yeah. Because
0: I agree with you. I think his his confidence, it, it's all about a confidence play. When you're a rookie and when you're this young, you're playing uh, behind someone like Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. You know you kind of have to show yourself. So whenever he, you know, misses an assignment, misses a layup, misses a shot or something, he gets down on himself. But you can see like on the on the bench where Kyle Lowry break puts him under his wings like listen, uh take this advice. Same thing with Freddie. And lately he's been doing pretty well. He's, his average uh, minutes have gone up, way up. He's averaging right now 33 minutes a game. His three-point percentages have gone up 43% from the threes. And he's been scoring. like mm-hmm. In his college uh, stats, he was scoring about 17.6 uh, points at San Diego State. And right now, he's scoring at a clip of 14.5 points a game for a young guy. That's pretty damn good. And I agree with you with his his stroke. He's been shooting from really, really far out in the three-point mm-hmm. line. And also, that last game against Antonio, he actually got to the line and, uh, you know, stuck those two free throws at the end of regular or close to end of regulation. Uh, so, that was a, a lot of, like, cold-blooded veteran uh, nuance. Like, he was...
1: He was ready to go. And I'm I'm really happy about that, man. So, yeah, he's I, I been giving off some Tyler Hero vibes where it's like just like a guy that just Ooh, doesn't like comparison. like Tyler Hero, I would argue is better. But like the same confidence, the same. OK, I'm going to step up to the plate, the same starting mm-hmm. position. He's just been doing it. And that's been really good for us.
0: I think that if he uh, of course, if everything was would normal, um, he would be doing very, very well. In the nine zero five, I think because of you know if let's say Kyle Lowry and frevently Flynn were playing for a championship this year, I think they would play a lot more than they are right now. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of of course the the COVID protocols, but like the fact that Flynn doesn't have the chance to get those minutes in the nine zero five because we know how well um, oiled that machine is for the nine zero five going into the Raptors organization. Uh, like, they, you saw Fred get minutes in an out of five. Powell, uh, Boucher, Siakam, you know, the list goes on. So the fact that uh, if Flynn is playing this well at this moment in his career without playing in the G League, that also speaks a lot of volumes to me.
1: Yeah, I, I think we've got some promising things with Flynn. And again, I feel like any of the mishaps that we've seen, like maybe some mistakes or turnovers, it's just – he's confident. It's not him playing necessarily out of nerves. I've said jitters, but I think that's something a little bit different. I'm going to maybe rephrase that. It's more just the IQ. He's got the confidence though Mm -hmm. with, uh, with Birch. I feel like that was, I feel like that was like a nerves related thing. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to, uh, when it comes to somebody like Flynn, just you've got Lowry as your teacher, you know, you've got, uh Fred Van Vliet, like along your side, this is going to be fine. I think it's going to be very exciting. Um mm-hmm. The more he learns, the more he develops, because, you know, he's just starting uh recently. That could be the three ball that we've been dying to have outside of Lowry and especially out of Van Vliet, because we need more. And we were expecting it in Matt Thomas, who... I don't know. I don't know if that was his fault or if we just didn't play him enough. (laughs) No, like I sincerely like not to be that guy, but I might have to blame the coaching because I feel like Hmm. he screwed up a lot, but that's because he just wasn't played often. And he was played in instances to prove his worth and he just couldn't, you know, he could get a bucket, but then he would commit so many turnovers. Like, I feel like that was just like out of a lack of experience, but Flynn's getting that experience now.
0: I argue that Flynn had has more of a trust when it comes to the handles than it came to Matt Thomas. I for think sure, for we sure. all We all knew what Matt Thomas could break. He's going to, some you know, most of the time he's going to create his own shot or he's really good... Uh, like he comes off the screen really well and he sets his feet. Um, But yeah, like maybe it was just his playing time that he didn't have enough. And and of course he didn't get a chance to play in the G league. I wonder if he would be even suited to go into the nine to five. I'm not too sure. But however, I do think that because Flynn has a confidence, not only in a shot, but nurses confidence that he is a ball handler. The amount of times that the last couple of games versus uh, San Antonio and Atlanta, the last couple of games that we had um there hasn't been a true porn guard outside of flynn so the yeah i th- i think that the again with flynn it's all about the confidence and the fact that he's playing arguably you know albeit he has to uh, play more than 30 minutes a game i think his confidence is slowly slowly going up i want to get to ken birch though yeah um so the thing the last couple of games uh I, I yeah, the first game against New York for Toronto, uh, was a little <laughs> uh, that, that was a little like whoa, that you know, I, I was looking for something more. But these last couple of games versus Atlanta and San Antonio, you could kind of tell that Raptors Twitter has been falling in love with him yes. uh, very, very quickly. Be and I think it's because of like you know, everyone knows the Ty Domi effect, right? They sometimes we don't want that flashy guy. We want that hard nose, the JYD, the PJ Tuckers, the the Quincy ACs. Like we want those guys that put their nose in the books and just work. Work work. work. So I guess what that means. Sorry, go ahead. No no I'm just saying the, the last couple of games he's uh averaged um well, I guess, you know, for the last three games, it's kind of hard to average it out. But like yeah. last game, San Antonio, he got a career uh, tying 14 points uh, as well as six rebounds. The game before in Atlanta, 13 points, seven rebounds. This is a type of production we need from the center position. And we'll get to Gillespie soon. But uh, Jay said it perfectly, like the fact that we have a credible center posi- position player in that position it, it's a huge game changer for us and the reason why is because you don't need someone like freddie who was leading uh the team in rebounds for a moment you don't need someone like kyle or siakam to look for those rebounds we have finally oh. someone who and and i'm not like okay i'm not going to start shitting on baines like, oh yeah i really don't well <laughs> i know i know but we really don't need to right now because we have this is what we were looking for right and and i guess at you know when we signed baines we, he was playing he played very well for for phoenix he played very well for boston too um and it just i guess it just didn't work out maybe it's just the the type of play but the fact that we have you know the rebound sake and the hustle sake and like there was a time where Ken birch um he like blocked a shot or got a, a rebound a force rebound ran the floor and then had a layup like how What was the last, do you remember the time that we had a big man that like ran the floor like that? Not not just like a Siakam a Siakam type, but like a center position run that uh fast break. Like it's it, it's incredible. So I think that uh Raptors Twitter is going to continue to love him if he continues to play like this. It's gonna be very interesting to see what Masai wants to do with Ken Birch.
1: Well, I could tell you this. Um <laughs> Oh, how do I say this without sounding super disrespectful? <laughs> um, I, I, I know it's coming, man. I know it's coming. I, I know what Akon's feeling now. I want to say something without being disrespectful. <laughs> I, I feel you, Akon. Like, 10 plus years later, I feel you. Okay, so I'll try my best. When I didn't see Baines playing at all during the New York game, and it was the first Birch game, I don't know if it was a coincidence, but seeing seeing – offensive and defensive rebounding where we were getting back into the game because we were hustling under the rim, I was ready to cry. Like, I don't recall (laughs) the last, like, even, and I love Siakam (laughs) and I love Ibaka. I'm sad that we lost them. Even then, Mm -hmm. I feel like our team had, like, some slight rebounding issues. Like, not maybe issues, but we were being out-rebounded. In this particular game, though, I was like, oh, my God. This is like watching like the the pro grit teams like you know like a Zach Randolph related Grizzlies or something or like you know the Gasol Grizzlies well take your pick which Gasol I guess but you know those grit and grind teams where it's like oh my God we're making them fight for the ball like this is mm-hmm. this is crazy and I know like Ibaka is amazing for blocks uh, Gasol is amazing for spacing but to see this type of rim protection was like on both sides was like. Oh my goodness, we're actually getting balls back, and I don't want to be too rude, but it's like I can only imagine the butterfingers and like, you know, that type of stuff. And then I looked at the mm-hmm. statue, and it's like, wait, I just realized something. Baines hasn't played at all, and I, I, I'm sure he's a really nice guy. He looks like a wonderful man. I was nonplussed by this, and I, I just was like, oh my goodness, Nurse didn't have the compulsion to play him at all at all wow and i was just stunned because look boucher as a center is fantastic he's great as a modern day center who can block who can dunk who can shoot but we also need the defense like a pro strictly defense or you know mm-hmm. quick back on d you know is that type of like a like a plant type of like center who's like, you know, getting the rebounds exclusively, you know, get you know, setting up screens exclusively. And mm-hmm. like the fact that we have some young ones, like I think that's been the primary focus for Masai and for the developmental team to have this be around OG around Siakam around Freddie strictly a young gun team. That's going to grow up together. And keep that that sensation alive because, you know, we don't have Powell anymore. Um, but that's the same idea. What did we get instead of Powell? We got Trent, who is also young and also younger even. And he's going to grow up mm-hmm. with this team. That's been their focus. And it's not just it's never been a rebuild. It's never been a restart. It's no, we have great young players. Let's develop them. And I feel like with Birch, that's added to the equation. Look, he started off very rocky. But already that puzzle piece is going in and you know we mm-hmm. we were i swear we were trying to give Baines a shot we were yeah. it's been how many he, games so but birch were giving a it, shot he's looking good already
0: very small sample size. Okay. We have to emphasize that very, very, very small sample size when it comes to Gillespie and Birch, but you can't help, but like, look at the production where we've been lacking the most, right? I'll, you know, we did lose against the Atlanta Hawks team. Uh, but if I look at like just the box score itself, like we had a total of 42 rebounds, 36 defensive rebounds, uh, six o- offense rebounds. And on, Uh, atlanta they had 39 31 and 38 respectively to go to the spurs one now this one makes me smile uh defensive or the rebounds in general for the raptors 54 to 48 with 13 offensive rebounds like these numbers are they're not going to be a game changer but at the same time like it makes me makes me happy man it makes me happy thinking of if this keeps up and then we continue to play um Uh, We came to get healthy again with Fred, with Kyle, you know, um, with Trent. uh, It's to have something steady up like the rebounds. It would be it it can be a game changer for us now, Mm -hmm. um, you know, too, too little of a I think of. We don't really know what's going to go on with Freddie Gillespie. I'm assuming that they're going to extend him for at least another 10-day contract. Um, But, you know, we'll see. He's only played four games with us so far. So we'll see in the next couple of days if he's going to continue. I do like Gillespie as well. He Mm -hmm. uh, puts up a lot. He's kind of like the energy guy. I like... To me, I like Burch a little bit more, but to have both Gillespie and Cam, and knowing that we don't have to um, rely on someone like Boucher to be in that paint presence, he's going to block the shots outside in the three-point uh, lane, but he's not going to block shots when he's in the paint. He's he's just too small. Like he's uh, he's not you know thick enough, and I, I'm sure he's going to. Um, focus on that in the off season. But I mean, at this moment, I'm glad that we have like the bigger bodies like Ken Birch and Freddie Gillespie to take the brunt of the beating. Now I want to ask you, Dre, hmm. I know that there is a whole, you know, spew of Toronto Raptor Twitter that is thinking about fading for Cade and thank and tanking. And whenever we <laughs> lose, it's a good thing and all that stuff. I mean, we see it, we see it, but on this podcast, we're always going to root to win, And, Knowing that we're t- 11th place right now, we're only one game uh, away from 10th place. And again, uh, for Bulls fans, I hope Zach Levine does come back uh, healthy uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But this definitely does play into our favor. I don't want to see anybody anybody injured in any way, in any capacity. But just to think about the possibility of going that uh, play-in tournament. If like let's say we get tenth place, okay, we would face the Pacers. Um, that I mean they don't That's pose, pose too much of a threat. Yeah, it's no. kind of doable. How much do you are you like? Where are you? Where are you standing? For one, I want to see know where you're at. Like, do you want them to get a bigger draft pick? Because we only have about like what thirteen games left or something like that. Like, where do you stand? Do you mm. want this uh them to go
1: into the tournament? Well. You've known me for a very big chunk of my life since I was a teenager. Um, Mm -hmm. But one of my biggest philosophies is every question, every idea, everything has to be contextualized. I don't understand why in general, it's not just this question. This question is fine, but in general, why it has to be one or the other. Why do you have to go for the championship or tank? I know that the ultimate goal is to win, but not – there are 30 teams when it comes to the variables and the odds, one out of 30 is going to win. It's going to be, but I don't understand why that has to be a throwaway for everybody else. Look, in some instances where it's like, and I say this with love for the Timberwolves, you guys are still struggling. I don't necessarily want to call it tanking, Mm -hmm. try and figure it out. But in the case of like the Pistons, the Pistons are just destroyed in their instance it's like perhaps you should tank and get somebody who's really good and do well just because there's a chance we might not make the playoffs it doesn't mean we should tank because look at how far we are away from last place already we're closer to last than we are to first but that doesn't mean that we should tank what i feel like we should do is try to win and if we don't win and we don't do well we don't go to the playoffs then we have a potential lottery pick. And I know it's about getting the top guy. I get that. But at the same time, I feel like that mentality is the toxic mentality that has plagued Mm -hmm. teams like New York, that's plagued teams like Cleveland until LeBron came back, Minnesota for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But like Cleveland has like how many, and look what happens. I'm not going to say that this guy's going to be that, but the taking mentality. Yes, we got Anthony Bennett yeah congratulations so um okay well let's let's be real though i don't think any player uh
0: like of the 300 players that are in the league ever are thinking of tanking i think if if you're it's an organization thing 100 100 i i mean we've already seen it right brian colangelo he he admitted that he was hoping for uh to to have a losing season in order to get a better draft pick. so it's a, definitely an organizational thing. I don't think that these players are out there thinking, oh, we're just going to tank because I want someone else to take my spot. No,
1: obviously course not. Like, that and, doesn't happen. And, like, uh, what's also important is, what do we lose if we tank? And this is the point I was getting at. What, is, what, is, what do we lose if we tank? We're already struggling on chemistry, but we're finally figuring that out. We lose that. If we're purposely crapping out or not trying or swapping in, uh, like irresponsible fives when it could be like a great matchup and like a great way to figure things out we lose that we lose the chemistry from you know the coaching and and the players the players themselves the the audience of the players uh the team all together the franchise everything and that's why hostile environments because look taking once in a while if you absolutely need to is not a bad idea but When you do it consistently, like I like Minnesota, but their fan base is so sour and I don't blame them. They're so sour and New York's fan base. I hate them, but I have to sympathize. They're so sour. So how long did it take for them to get to where they are right now, where they look like they have a bit of promise, excluding the Carmelo Anthony years, which were a bit rocky with some success and not like some downs a long time. A long time since the Ewing years, but now they look like they're actually like consistent. They're strong. Um, we, if we try to tank, we jeopardize that. So at best, we get into the playoffs. I don't know how far we're going to get. We're probably going to get knocked out the first round if we pass the you know the play in. Uh, at worst, we don't make it. But we have a team that's really gelling like Trent's looking fantastic. Birch is on his way. Flynn's looking a lot better. Uh, Van mm-hmm. Fleet, when he's like, you know, in general is looking fantastic. Um, Siakam, when he's on, is looking back to his old self. Uh, you know, sometimes he has some mental games. Sometimes he doesn't. OG is looking better than ever. Like we're looking great. So we jeopardize that if we try to take it. Guess what? We're like one trade or one signing, whether it's a big all-star or it's like, a promising young prospect that nobody else can see but we've developed like you know that happens often we're one key piece away from actually being quite great again and mm. let's not jeopardize that let's at least discover this team and what we have right now because we've spent most of a season where, where the team just wasn't working we're getting mm-hmm. to a place where it's gelling let's gel let's gel
0: 100 percent. i agree with you because You know, yeah, tanking is is kind of like just a loser mentality. You know what I mean? Like, yes, everyone wants to think about the future and who we're going to get in the future and and all that stuff. But at the same time, you still want to root for the team that you have now. And right now, we're starting to get back. Um, Okay, so... The, the Raptors are resting players, and we're recording this on, on Friday, April 16th. So the Raptors are about to play Ken Burch's oldest team, or Orlando Magic. Um, they are resting Kyle Lowry, Feb um Siakam. It's, you know, the the whole, like, we're waiting. Uh, Masai is probably trying to tank, too, With uh, it, it is, is apparent. I, I don't see that, honestly. I do think that, like, you know, these guys are asking for a lot of rest because the games are coming full force. Mm-hmm. Um, but again man loser mentality i hate thinking about tanking to I me it's like if
1: you reset a game like if you... if you have a chance to win if you have a chance to win you go for it don't exactly you? Like, no like, matter what. like let's say you're trying to play i don't know because because i'm a dinosaur let's say guitar hero so you're trying to play <laughs> wow. through the fire and the flames right so What do you do? Do you like reset the song just to try again, which is fine. You can reset the song if you fail. But then if you just quit and you go to like, oh, Poison, they were like the beginner level song, I think. If you do that, that's a quitting mentality. It's like, no, what you do is you go to the chart, you play really slowly, you figure Mm. out each section, you gel, you get into it. And by the end, you're like, oh, my God, I I, I passed that song. I passed mm-hmm. that song. But no, if, if you go back and you play like Bulls on Parade a thousand times, you can only get as good as you can get. It's a quitting mentality. Or if you like quit the game and you never get back to it, or there's no reason to do that. If you want to succeed, you put work into it. If you just can't, if you're just not ready yet, and you reset once and you go back, you work your way up. That's what you do. You mm-hmm. tank once to work your way up. Like, I remember the iconic, infamous Mark Cuban statement where it's like, yeah, we're tanking. And they did. They did once. They did once. And it led to eventually having somebody like uh, Luka Doncic. So, um, you know, in the case of, like, the uh, the Timberwolves have, they've had Wiggins. They've had Carl Anthony Towns. They've got Anthony Edwards. I know that the Cavaliers got Wiggins and they traded for Kevin Love, but that's three of the top draft picks of the last 10 years. Yeah. I know Wiggins is gone, but like, they just haven't figured it out yet. And I love them, but that's the organization. The The organization has given up. And now that they've been bought, I hope things turn around.
0: You never know, too, when it comes to draft picks, right? You you have, of course, it's it's why it's why it's called a lottery. You never know what OKC is doing, and albeit they have great uh, Canadian uh, players like Dort and Shea Gilders, but they have draft picks galore, and who knows? Like, yes, you have like uh, fifteen chances of, sh- of striking gold, which is great, but. If you continue to tank, you are just going to continue to have a losing mentality for the team that you have at the moment, and and that's yeah. what that's what we're trying to say. Like you, everybody has their own opinion uh, on this, and for us, I just think that it's a great idea to uh, love your team that you have now, uh, continue to root for them, and also keep an eye out, keep a keen eye out on on the future plans, but don't be like let's tank now uh, in order to see what comes, you know, in in the draft because you never know it's it's just way too tricky yeah if you
1: take once that becomes the goal if you do it again and again it's like well it's time to take again and hope for the best no you don't make you, you have to generate luck you can't just have luck so mm-hmm. you have to make your team better if you don't get lebron james in your draft but you get somebody else you figure it out you work it out with the person you have because if you keep quitting why do you play a sport where you want to win there you go
0: there you go uh, again the Raptors are 11th place They're today they're about to uh, face the Orlando Magic so depending on when you guys are listening to this uh, we'll see what happens with that game and then we're gonna face the Thunder and then the Nets and then the Knicks before you hear us again so let's take a little bit of a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about a legend that just uh, retired alright talk to you guys soon
1: We just said don't quit, and we just quit to take a break. So we're kind of setting a really <laughs> poor example. A, that's different. that's different. Quitting and
0: <laughs> quitting and knowing when to break is very, very different, man.
1: That was a quick take. We're back. We're back. We're <laughs> yeah, no yeah, for, Oh,
0: okay. So before I go, go, uh, go on or move on to the next subject, man.
1: I gotta give a shout out to uh, Kim's Convenience. Have you watched that show, man? Uh. A few episodes. My, actually, I've got a very interesting story about Kim's Convenience afterwards. My girlfriend okay, loves the cool. show, by the way, but I've got a quick story. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead.
0: I love the show. I, I haven't. I don't watch it on CBC mainly because I don't have uh, cable, but I do watch it on Netflix. And since then, I've, I've binged all four seasons that are on Netflix Canada. Oh no! And I freaking love it. I love the representation. I love the family aspect. I love the story behind an immigrant family trying to make do. In a country that we all know and love, and I, and it sucks to know that it's it's ending in a way it does because I know it wasn't a studio thing. I know it was a production. Oh, it got thing, canceled. It did.
1: It, oh, you didn't hear about that? No. Yeah, no, man.
0: No. So that's why no. I'm shouting it out, man. It it got canceled, and but it didn't even get canceled. Be, like it, they they just pulled a the plug. They they uh, they were green lit for the last and final season for season six and then the producers all went on to do something else. So they pulled the plug
1: on it. Wow. So it's like out of like jealousy.
0: I don't know. I don't know if it's out of jealousy or anything like that, but I'm no. listening to all these stories. I'm reading all this stuff in it and it just sucks because of, I love that show, man. It was, it was fantastic. So I've got, a yeah, I just got to give a shout out
1: to them. Yeah. I got a okay, go for them. So you love the show, right? Mm-hmm. You love the show, but they, but they might not love me and I'll explain. So, um, if you listeners don't know, I actually work at TIFF, uh, Toronto International Film Festival. So, okay. Uh, this is interesting. Yeah. So, we do like red carpet stuff where it's like, you know, if there's like a movie event, uh, celebrities will appear and we like close off the carpet. And otherwise, it's like the carpet is open and the public's allowed to like take pictures on the carpet and like with like the backdrop and everything because it's very formal, right? Um, uh, the cast of Kim's Convenience did like a, like a surprise drop and they're like, hey, we should do like a photo on the carpet to promote the next season. And they kind of just showed up, which is perfectly fine, but people noticed and they started to lose mm-hmm. their minds. So I was like forcing a closure of of the red carpets. So I was like, okay, everybody back up, back up. And I had to like force people away and let the cast were like looking at me like, let us talk to our fans but i wasn't allowed to so uh, they probably uh, think shoot. i'm the biggest dick of life <laughs> and like, I, I recognize all of them they're all looking at me and it's like oh man uh no the sun wasn't there everybody but okay. the sun so i was like oh man okay, okay. so kim's convenience hates me <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> So i,
1: I, I highly go. doubt that man i highly doubt that but, but i was like within centimeters idea. of them so uh i'll give you yeah. the positive vibes from me and like you know Quantum physics somehow will take me back in time and give them positive five. So there
0: you go. Yeah. I hope them, I, I hope the cast and crew uh the the best of luck is that that show deserves yeah the day, show is, if you the haven't show's watched it good like it sucks like that's so sad mm-hmm. raptor fans if you guys haven't watched it man watch kim's convenience just give it a, just give it a try they're really short episodes i i kind of put it to with the with the Shits creek crowd it's very the humor is very heartfelt i
1: love yeah it. it's so wholesome yeah
0: 100 yeah, all right so before we uh, let you guys go uh, we wanted to give also a shout out to lamarcus aldridge mm-hmm. um it, he he wrote a letter Uh, on Twitter and and Instagram uh, saying that he is going to retire uh, after the game that he just had like a few days ago. Um, I won't say the whole message that he said, but uh, basically um, I'll read a portion of it. Uh, The next morning I told the team what was going on and they were great uh getting me to the hospital and getting me checked out uh though i feel better now what i felt with my heart that night was still one of the scariest things i've ever experienced with that being said i've made a difficult decision to retire from the nba For 15 years, I put the basketball first, and now it's time to put my health and family first. Lamarcus Aldridge is going to retire, um, which comes to a lot of people's surprise because he got bought out by San Antonio and then uh, signed with the Brooklyn Nets, obviously, to go for that ring because, you know, Brooklyn is one of the front runners to to get a championship ring this year. It came to a surprise, but if, you know, I, I. I never want to go through anything like that. And I doubt he does to have a chance to, I, uh, you know, win win a ring um, means a lot, but you know, obviously your, your health and your family comes first before any of it, right? Before whatever we do in our lives, our health and our family comes first. So I'm extremely happy about this decision for him to look out for himself and knowing that he was going to re- like Raptor fan, think about this. He was, he was going, he's playing with uh, the, the top NBA players in the league right now and possibly getting a championship ring. He's been playing this for 15 years. So some, whatever was happening, what whatever he was going through during that time when he was in the hospital must've been terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I second him, I, whatever his position in, in, in his career right now to say goodbye to the game for his health and for his family. That takes a lot, a lot of, uh, Courage. Uh, I don't know. There he goes. Yeah. So what were your first thoughts, man, when he came to <sighs> LMA?
1: Like so many Spurs, and I know he was a Trailblazer first, but like so many Spurs players, I feel like he was a fine example of fundamental, straight-up NBA basketball, zero qualms in his personal life, nothing to complain about, fantastic guy, I remember for the longest time, for 15 years, for 15 years, he has been one of Toronto's biggest what-ifs because he was second 100%. in our draft yep. because we signed Bernoulli. We could have gotten, yep. gotten Lamarck Soldridge. And for years, it's like, damn, what if we could have gotten one of the... Best is one way to put it, but also one of the most practical, dependable, reliable mm-hmm. centers. And I know uh, in San Antonio you know he was getting up there in age and like his game wasn't quite the same but his effort was always there and he was always Mm -hmm. trying the absolute best that he could and um i know when he was like the last person to be brought into the uh the fold for for the nets people were like oh great now uh, like this is frightening why because even though he's aging it's like they needed the defense they needed that that strong center presence and he could have been great either starting or off the bench um so you know life is bigger than basketball but just for a quick recap of what this will do to the nets this could actually stymie their chances because now they're missing that a defensive presence that that they brought him on for um so we'll see what happens now but you know life is bigger and it takes a lot for somebody who obviously gave everything to the game to have to drop it Mm -hmm. immediately because he knows that on a regular heartbeat is not something that you toy around with like just to get Mm -hmm. like a bit of an idea of it um i've heard the term a million times before i questioned if i had one at one point because i've got apnea and anxiety um so my heart beat like racist and stuff a lot but i finally like sat down and listened to an example of what it sounds like it's the most frightening thing like to mm. hear it like beat without like a rhythm and just all over the place basically what that means is and i did a bit of research your heart pulses from electric activity so basically it's like a current one way and the other way to to create the pulse so it's like the the in out in out in out when it's irregular Mm -hmm. that means that it's firing without control and it's firing for external reasons so it could be um diabetic it could be uh you know signs of something greater like perhaps a stroke or something it could a multitude of reasons that are causing your heart to misfire And that's frightening. That's what keeps you alive. That's one of the major organs. So, if that happened to him and he realized maybe this is from my body just saying, okay, this rigorous exercise, it's time to go, that can't be an easy thing to say. But he said he's got to put his family first. And look, to us, we know him as a basketball player, but to his kids, he's dad. To his wife, Mm -hmm. he's a husband. To his Mm -hmm. family, he's a son or he's a brother. He's a cousin. He's an uncle he is so much more like every player. He is so much more than just this game. And even though we love it for the game, that time is up. So I hate saying this because I didn't want to feel this way before. I kind of hope the Nets win. So he does get a ring because, because mm-hmm. uh, he would get one. He's still a part of this team. So mm-hmm. I hope, I hope that he gets one because he has been so dedicated, so fundamental. So by the book, great guy, never committed any problems. He was never problematic in, and Charles Barkley raised a good point. As soon as he retired, the first thing that um, Lillard said was retire his, his trailblazer Jersey. Why was he one of the greatest trailblazers of all time? No, but you know, he was a fantastic teammate. If that was his immediate response. So people loved playing with the guy and yeah, he just seems like a great guy and this is all very sad but I hope I hope for the best for him and his family.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. And, and I, I love the fact that you brought up the 2006 uh, draft pick. I know, right? Andre Bargues uh, and LaMarcus Aldridge is right there. Wow. Uh, that was also the year that Kyle Lowry was drafted as well. Um, but not only that in 2006, but I think when he was traded, no, when he signed to San Antonio in 2015, 2016, I believe San Antonio and the Raptors were were both in consideration. He decided to go to San Antonio, of course, but Lamarcus, you know, the woulda coulda shoulda when it comes to Lamarcus and the Toronto Raptors is pretty high up there. Um obviously we don't know him as a man, but I'm glad that he's gonna be there for his family from here on out. So just wanted to give out a shout out to Lamarcus aldridge uh say in Toronto. I hope you guys do the same and give him uh his congratulations for 15 years, man. That's a long time. So yeah. There you have it. That's a bite-sized episodes for you Raptor fans. I'm glad that we got it in. Uh, Dre, where can we find you? I know you did just like a three-hour
1: K-Cut episode, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. Or, yeah, sorry, let me restart. You can no find problem. me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can follow my film editorial and review website, Films Patel, dot F-A-T-A-L-E.com, no spaces. Um, what Jason was talking about was... Um, the K-Cut, which is the the podcast, the movie podcast on films hotel We just did our first version of the annual round table for the Academy Awards. So we have two episodes. They're gonna be over an hour each. Um, one's well, like an hour and a half. We go through every single category, every single one sure. we tell you what we love, sure. we tell you what what we think is going to win some of them are more bite-sized so it's like you know we quickly give our thoughts but some like the screenplays the acting and most importantly best picture we get down and we say what we all agree upon or what we're all in disagreement with and why we think this should win or that should win it's gonna get crazy it's gonna get exciting we love this time of year let's let's talk film jason where can we find you
0: awesome well before we do that uh you can find jay at uh on twitter at rosalosaurus r-o-s-a-l-e-s-a-u-r-u-s and you can find all of us on twitter at that's a pod again we do a rotation when it comes to the games i believe i'm doing the orlando game i Dre, i think you're doing the next game i not i can't remember but regardless it's all three of us uh you you'll find us there on on that's a Rat pod make sure to you know comment at us tweet at us add us you know, retweet us, whatever you want. But until then, remember, tanking is lose mentality. Let's go in for that play in tournament, man. That is a win.